Hey there, this is your old pal, Launchpad McQuack. Sorry to uh, crash in on you like this, but I wanted to let all of DW's fans know that they're listening to The St. Canard Files, a Dark Wing Duck podcast. Before I go, uh, does anyone want to join me in the Thunder Quack for some hamburger hippo? We have the macabers, the macabers, finally. All right, guys, welcome to the St. Canard Files, a Darkwing Duck podcast. I'm your host, Will Santana, and... I'm Mike Russo, and I'm sorry your girlfriend turned out to be a fiendish, blood-sucking creature from the netherworld. <laughs> LP in the house, huh? <laughs> I love that line. Oh, man. Uh, Mike, I'm excited. I finally get more of Morgana. We got the macabers. Uh, this is a great animation episode. I love this episode, dude. Oh, yeah, and Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, oh, Happy New Year's, man. <laughs> I'm, 2020. I'm so sorry. 2020. Uh, we record these episodes in advance, you know, so we could provide them for you guys every Monday. Um, so I'm going to talk really briefly about um, GalaxyCon. Uh, for those of you who are there, I know I met Joe out there. He follows our podcast and our Facebook page. Um Terry McGovern was there, Michael Bell was there, and I got to follow them around with my camera. Uh, surprisingly, though, Mike, um, Terry was more hit by Star Wars fans that weekend. I'm not shocked. It was not even close. At SAC Anime, I would say it was more Darkwing, a lot of DuckTales. The Star Wars and Transformers stuff was very minimum, you know? But this time, man, the Star Wars fans were everywhere looking for him and you know the, the cosplaying the autographs it was like 80 percent star wars this time and then it does yeah it does sound like those two shows cater to different crowds yeah man uh michael bell uh, you know he has so much work but he was uh specifically brought there for gi joe they had like a big gi joe panel uh keon young who voiced storm shadow was there um arthur i don't know how to pronounce his last name i think it's like gilhurst he was Destro in um, uh, G.I. Joe, and they had all three of them uh, boost uh, lined up next to each other. So they, Michael Bell was mainly there for G.I. Joe, but he had the Transformer fans. He had a few Quacker Jack fans come up to him, uh, the Smurfs, but he was mainly G.I. Joe there that day. Yeah, I, again, I'm not shocked. Yeah, you know, he he had a great panel. Uh, it was all G.I. Joe. Of course, you know, I had to ask some Quacker Jack stuff on there. Of course. Yeah, you know, uh, Terry, oh, man, the, the Star Wars fans, they were 
so much with that Sand Trooper stuff, A New Hope, and then they they teamed him up with the guy who did all the stunts for uh, Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi uh, in his panel. So that oh, wow. was pretty neat. Yeah, that was really cool. And they had never met each other, and man, they were they became best buds during the con. Man, they were drinking together, they were having fun together, laughing, get, giving each other autographs and stuff. Oh, that's you know? cool. Yeah, man, it, it was a blast, man. Um, I'll show some of the stuff on our Facebook page. I may even go Facebook Live before this is even recording so people can see some of the stuff I brought back. Um, but uh, no more about Galaxy Con. Let's go ahead and get into this episode, Fungus Among Us, because I know we both kind of have a lot to say on this one. Yeah, this is a really good one. Yeah, okay, so this episode, Fungus Among Us, and uh, what was the original air date in the production order, Mike? This one aired Saturday, September 28th, 1991, and it was only eighth in production order. So it's Ooh. a really, it's a, yeah, it's a pretty early one. It's for an early one. It's like, it's super strong. Mm-hmm. Like for one of the, like, this is definitely like one of the best ones out of the earliest group of shows. Um, and I definitely want to mention up until this point on ABC, the theme song they were using was the one that we're all familiar with. Mm-hmm. which when I was watching Darkwing was the only way to watch it, like the whole minute-long intro, because on the Disney afternoon, as I mentioned a while back, they chopped that thing down to like 40 seconds. So up until now, you were able to watch the original theme song, as we're able to watch now on DVD, Disney+, Plus, or what have you. Um, starting with this episode on ABC, they premiered a completely new intro. Mm-hmm. Um the of course the lyrics the all the you know all the audio stuff is the same but all of the clips from the syndicated episodes are gone they replace them just with saturday morning shows okay and so we get to see morgana in this intro um we see camille chameleon on this intro too um and you linked me this intro before. Yes, I did. did. I, yeah, I remember it now. Because I remember, hey, I saw Morgana. I remember me, you were messaging back and forth. And I was like, dude, I never saw this intro ever. Right. Like the scenes toward the end where they say bad guys are out of luck and they show Bushroot, Megavolt, and Grizzly Cough. They replaced that with clips of the uh, the Macabre Mushrooms uh, board, uh, Tuscanini, and Steelbeak. So okay. they, they do change it up, but once the show left ABC and moved back to the Disney afternoon, they discarded this new intro, and it's never been seen since. The only versions that you'll find on YouTube were recorded from those original ABC airings. Okay. So um, so it's pretty much something that's lost. Thank goodness some people have it up on YouTube or else you wouldn't be able to see it. Um, they did the same thing the following year with the season two ABC episodes, um, but we'll get there. Um, so that's something notable. That was this okay. episode that had its own unique intro. Mm-hmm. So um, this one, the story editor was uh, Tad Stones, which to me is not a big shock because it's, it's an important episode introducing a, ver- a new character. Um, and it's an early one, too. So he has his hands all over those early episodes. Makes sense. Um, it was written by Dev Ross. Now, we've talked about Dev Ross before. He wrote Apes of Wrath and Waterway to Go. And this is his best one so far. Oh, yeah. Hands down. I think it's it's not even close. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely his most nuanced show when it comes to writing. Mm-hmm. And it's probably one of his funniest ones, too. I mean, it's not like a laugh-out-loud fa- funny episode, but the humor is pretty strong. So I think this is his best one that we've talked about so far. Okay. And the biggie for this episode is the animation. Woo! This, yeah, this is another <laughs> one that was um, animated over in Australia. 
And uh, this is a good one. I oh, don't yeah. know if it's their best DARPing episode, but this is an episode only they could have pulled off. It's their visuals make this one like no other DARPing episode. There's no other episode like this one, just visually and the atmosphere in this one. Up to this point, this is by far, do you think this is our best um, animated vi- uh, episode? It's hard for me to put anything above Negaduck. Okay. Because that one was animated in Japan. But if you take that one out of the equation, yeah, probably our best animated one so far. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, a lot of it's the atmosphere. Um, it's it's a spooky episode. I'll give it that. I, mm-hmm. Like, the entire thing takes place at night. Man, Mike, I'll be honest with you. Up to this point, I don't even want to talk about the episode. I just want to tell everybody how much I love it. I want to score it already and get into a Morgana rant, but I know I got a whole bag. Um, I'm struggling, dude. I want to mention to our listeners, we've actually been on a two-week break from the show recording because of the Thanksgiving holidays. I mean, yeah, Happy New Year, but we're recording this right after Thanksgiving. And we've spent two weeks leading up to this episode, and I think both of us are really psyched to finally talk about it. <laughs> so you're going to hear that in our attitude tonight. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, the episode takes place at night completely in all creepy locations, like the dark, deserted streets, the Morcaber mansion, in a sewer. It's It's got so much amazing atmosphere. Characters are bathed in shadow. And it's funny when I I've been watching this episode before we got Disney Plus. I've been using a bootleg, mm-hmm. and I assumed all these years that the version I watched was just really a really bad copy that was so dark and murky. Now that I've seen it on Disney Plus, I actually see that that was the intent all along mm-hmm. to have a dark, murky looking episode. When there are characters bathed in shadow, you can barely see them, mm-hmm. and it gives off this great creepy vibe. Like if this, I wish this one aired on Halloween. It couldn't have, because Halloween was a weekday, but if there was ever a perfect Halloween episode of Darkwing Duck, it's this one. Oh, yeah. Without me spoiling scenes of the animation, I I just got to say, man, the animation, it it jumps around from, like, very dark, scary, to bright, vibrant lights, moon lighting, Mm -hmm. uh, dark shadows. It is just all over the place, and it's just amazing how they did it, man. I can't imagine a different studio doing this well. Yeah, like, man. I think I think Japan would have been too bright and mm-hmm. colorful for this this kind of episode, and I think Sun Wu just would have ruined it. Yeah, Sun Wu, they have a bad habit of not being very detailed. They they always try to stand out on one or two scenes per episode, but this one just it's not just one or two scenes. It's like every thirty seconds, you're wild, you know. I also think a big part of that is because the entire crew in Australia spoke English. So they kind of knew what what the directors and writers wanted. I think it's easier to turn out work like this when when you know everyone speaks the same same language. I mean, something like Sun Wu just gets sent over there and I don't think anybody working on it really cares about what they turn out. Mm-hmm. But Disney Australia, that that's a Disney studio. Okay. Like you gotta you gotta have a certain level of um quality if you you, you know Disney's name is attached to you. Mm-hmm. And 
just Australia was an amazing studio. I've said that before. Their work isn't their work was too good for TV. And as of recently, I just binged watched the entirety of Bonkers. Their work on that show and Goof Troop and Aladdin and Quack Pack was just way better than those shows deserved. And they were just an amazing studio, the likes of which we're never going to get again, sadly. Mm-hmm. But um, so with Darkwing, they were just feeling their way around with Darkwing Duck. And you can tell on this show that there's some parts that are not as good as other parts, but where they excel, it's really amazing. Um, But without further ado, Mm -hmm. I think we should just get into this plot. Yeah, let's we got to get into the plot because we got to talk about voice actors and actresses and. Yeah, we get a uh, we, we get a pretty we, important character making her first appearance here. So yeah, we got a lot. So okay, let's get let's go ahead and get into it, Mike. And right off the bat, it starts off with the howling ghost dogs. I love uh, those ghost dogs. Yeah, man, and they're howling. The oh my god, the animation on it was already like from the get go wasn't playing around. Again, the backgrounds are so well done and so creepy. Mm-hmm. It's like you could tell this is the middle of the night, like probably like three a.m. Like, the yeah. city is quiet. There's no one on the streets. There's no lights on in the buildings. And I didn't even mention, this episode has pretty much an entirely original musical score. All right. That, that really helps to set the scene, set the mood. Mm-hmm. Like, from the very first scene, when you see the ghost dogs, the music is all, like, it's all spooky. Yeah. And there's, there's no way that was written for anything else besides this episode. Mm-hmm. And so we have these ghost dogs. Yeah, Take keep going, Will. Okay, we got the ghost dogs and LP and uh, DW. They're on the rat catcher, and LP is scared. He hears it. He hears them howling ghost dogs. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really spooky night. Yeah, and then they, they run across the street. They pass uh, DW and LP, and the chase begins. Yeah, and already we just started, and even the character animation is so good. You can see how scared Launchpad is. The bright like, lights they use in the in the city where they're at when the ghost dogs run by, it reminds me of like New York City of uh, Times Square. You know, it kind of looks like that. Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, people have no. If you haven't seen this episode or you've seen it, you know already know what we're talking about, man. The animation is just insane, man, to me. Um. Okay. Well, let's get back to the plot. Yeah. Right. The, the ghost dogs <laughs> get away because they get stuck in a red light. Yeah, the longest red light in history. <laughs> and um. Didn't mention they are in, they are f. There's a weird cr- crime wave right now, um, where people where animals are stealing olives and um, other weird food items, mm-hmm. and Darkwing Duck is baffled about what the connection is. Yeah, and wh- while they're stuck at the red light, the bats uh, fly across the screen. Yeah, a whole and, group of bats. Yeah, a whole bunch of bats, and then uh, they begin to chase them. They they stop following the dogs. Yeah, they chase the bats instead. And the bats go over to the pier yeah. and try to steal a big cargo net full of anchovies. <laughs> yeah, and uh, that's when – no, no, they haven't discovered yet what's going on. No, uh, they haven't yet. Oh, my God. I got to brag about the animation again, Mike, right here. While they're chasing the bats and um, they're caught up in the net, that, that when the, the bats take the, the fish over the, uh, the bridge and you can see the moonlight hitting the river, that's they actually- – they Go actually ahead. animate the moonlight's reflection on the river. It's yes. Not a pa- it's not a painting. It's actually animated. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah, that it's shot. really – You know what I love? When the bats are trying to pick up the cargo net, it's just a massive black. And all you see are, like, the eyes. And when they see Darkwing coming, they, like, grit their teeth. 
So it's this big <laughs> mass of black with wings and these big gritted teeth. Mm-hmm. It's like they don't animate individual bats, just this big black cluster. <laughs> and it's such a fun visual choice. Mm-hmm. And it, I like it. It's cool. And um, you're right about that animated uh, light reflection. They didn't have yeah. to do that, but it, I'm glad they did. Yeah. So, okay. So DW and LP, they fall into the river and they get out. Garping and, says, uh, did I miss something? Where was the off-ramp that said the Twilight Zone? <laughs> <laughs> Name drop in the Twilight Zone. Yeah, and, and the the ghost dogs come back and they run right through them. Yeah, they got pepperoni links in their mouth. Yeah, pepperoni links, and uh, that's when LP realizes all the ingredients are related to pizza. Yeah, yeah, he like he says for some reason he needs a pizza. <laughs> you know, launch pad the food monster. He just wants to eat. Yeah. Um, and again, this is another example of a Disney afternoon show that seems to be obsessed with pizza. Like Tailspin did a pizza episode and Goof Troop did a pizza episode. Mm-hmm. I guess it's I guess it's Darkwing Duck's turn. Yeah. yeah whenever and, I, whenever I see this episode, I do want pizza too. I'm 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 with Launchpad. Yeah. And then we finally get a shot of a macabre, right? Yeah. Um. It's it's this big guy. He doesn't have a name. They never said his name. He kind of the design looks a bit like Lurch from the Adams Family. Exactly. Yeah. He does <laughs> look like him. There's definitely an Adams Family vibe in this episode. Mm-hmm. He is voiced by Frank Welker. You can All tell right. right away. He has the, that 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 deep Frank Welker like ghost voice. Oh yeah. Um, he's just not named. I don't know why he isn't named. Every other every other um character in this episode is named except this guy. And it's funny because he has the most dialogue too. Um, so him and the ghost dogs, they leave. And yeah, then Launchpad realizes, yeah, everything that has in common, it's pizza. Yeah. And then DW realizes the only ingredients that haven't been stolen yet is, uh, green peppers and mushrooms. Right. I love this little attention to detail when he goes to rev up, rev up the engine and the rat catcher, mm-hmm. like he revs up the handlebars and the exhaust pipes go down. Mm-hmm. It's such a little touch that I love. It's like so, the attention to detail is really cool. Yeah, and we get something here that I don't, I don't think they ever did before. The sidecar goes off on its own. Yeah, they and split launch, up. And Launchpad's able to drive it. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I, I I don't remember that ever happening again, does it? I think they did it in that sinking feeling, but it goes by so fast you barely notice it. But okay. here you actually see him driving it. Okay. And I, I love the little bit where he says, if I stop for a pizza now, he'll never know. Yeah. And you hear Darkwing's voice all the way off in the distance. Don't bet on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So then uh, DW ends up at the Macabre's mushroom place. Yes. This is the first time we've ever seen Macabre Mansion. Yeah. It's, great and, little, it's a great design. I love the design of this mansion. Oh, man. And then here we go again with the animation. Every time he steps foot on the property... We get lightning, we get leaves. It's just, it's all over the place. Like, he's like, does this really happen every time I walk in here? <laughs> I love that look he gives to the camera the first time he steps in and it has to step back out. He gives this look to the camera. Yeah, like, he breaks the fourth what, wall. Like, what was that? <laughs> I love the drawing. Is, is simple, but it's understated, but it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And um, the third time he walks in there, he gets shocked. He gets hit by lightning. Yeah. And then we get some good gags when he goes into the uh, when he goes into the house. Oh yeah, we get the Mona Lisa painting right all, right away. <laughs> yeah, before that is a great bit where the door closes behind him, mm-hmm. and he panics and grabs the gas gun. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about and that. He, and then he notices the camera, and he has this embarrassed smile. <laughs> great great drawing, too. And then the eyes in the Mona Lisa painting. He thinks he's he thinks his eyes in the wall, when he removes the painting, it's just two bats. Yeah, he, he's like, I, we all know this gag. <laughs> yeah, like, like I haven't seen this in a million movies. Yeah, and then he goes into a room where there's like stairwells all over the place and that scene uh mike it reminds yeah. me of the movie labyrinth and um freddy four i remember freddy four had a scene where freddy had kidnapped a, a little baby and the right. baby was in the stairs just like that and i remember the movie labyrinth was the same thing uh jennifer connelly character uh she was trying to find david bowie and her her brother her little brother and they the were movie. in the stairs just like that yeah but you know what uh this is really referencing no what mc escher no, I don't know what that is. Oh, he's an artist. This is this is a famous M.C. Escher painting. Oh, okay. I forget what it's. I forget what the painting's called, which is incredibly embarrassing because I was an art major in college. I oh, should wow. know this, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's an M.C. Escher painting. This is taking directly from that. Okay, so and, Labyrinth and, and Nightmare on M Street took from that painting. Yeah, this is all. This all takes from this painting. Okay. And yeah, he's opening all these doors, and he can't find <laughs> his way out of the room. Yeah, he says he's going to retrace his steps. <laughs> and then he falls from the ceiling. Yeah, he falls face flat, man. And then we get a quick shot that ended up in the intro. Yeah, where he puts the cape over his face, right? And goes for the doorknob, yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't have many more of these shots. I think we only have one or two more left, honestly. Really? Before, before, yeah, honestly. Oh, all right, we're, run, we're running out of them. That's kind of a good thing in a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're, it actually means we're getting deep enough into the episodes that I don't have any more clips to use for the theme song. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, he ends up uh, going into the uh, board meeting of the Macabre Mushroom uh, directors. Yeah, they, they we, tell we him it's a whole, director meeting. We meet a whole bunch of new characters here. Yeah, we meet uh, – Nero wasn't in that scene, was he? Now he is. Okay, Nero was in the scene. We get the lurch-looking one. Yeah, Nero uh, is a little blue pig guy. And Nero was voiced by who? I think it's Frank Welker. It's gotta be him, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's the only other um the only other uh voices in the um the credits are Jim and Terry, and it doesn't sound like either of them. It's gotta mm -hmm. be Frank. It's gotta be him, man. Uh and then you had Granny. Granny's she... like uh Granny's like if Bubba Duck was like even further down the evolutionary ladder, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah, she's like a little she's a cave duck. She doesn't talk, so we have no uh, no voice actress for her. Okay. And then we have Lady Janice. And she's like the Jekyll and Hyde, right? Yeah, she's a she starts off she's like a green dog, and whenever she gets angry, she turns into a pig. Like, <laughs> and she was voiced by a woman named Cheryl Bernstein. Um, I'm not gonna say much about her because she's only really done bit parts. She's been active since '84. She's still active. Um. Her major Darkwing Duck role was Isis Vanderchill. Okay. So you know who that character is, right? From um, All's Fahrenheit and Love and War? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she played her, but she's also Lady Janice. Um, these names come and go so quick. They only mention her and Granny once. So you have to be really paying attention to catch it. But they mention Nero a whole bunch of times. Okay. And so, then, um, Mike, we get someone who pops in the screen. Just Well, they float across the screen. Yeah, somebody who floats across the screen doesn't doesn't walk, never walks. <laughs> never walked. And, and her name is Morgana Macabre. Yes, yes. finally. <laughs> First episode with Morgana Macabre. Yeah, and and Mike, 
uh, Mike and our listeners, uh, y'all probably heard me say this before. I think she's hands down my second favorite character. I don't count Darkwing on favorite character. I, I just never do. Well, I think yeah. that's 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 a given. I get you know? it. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So she's she's my second favorite character. Character. I love Morgana. I am a sucker for Morgana, man. It's so, amazing. It's amazing how popular she was. Is mm-hmm. considering she wasn't even in that many episodes. When you get down to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um. Yeah, so here's she is voiced by another legend, Kath Sose. I hope that pronunciation is correct. That's what I. That's how I have heard it. So I apologize if it's incorrect. So Kath Sose, she is a voice acting legend. Oh yeah, like, we've had her once before, but we said we were going to save it for this episode. Yeah, because this is the only other character she's going to do from here on in. That's it. Mm-hmm. If Kath is on a Darkwing Duck episode, she's playing Morgana. This is her character. <laughs> and um, she has had quite a career. She was born in 1959 and got her start in 83. And among the characters she's played, like the big ones, the ones the, the, the ones that would jump out right away right are Lil, name. <laughs> Lil and Phil from Rugrats. All right, the twins. Because, yeah, because those are the characters she's played the longest. Um, she was Fifi, the skunk, from Tiny Toons. She was Dexter's mom. All right. Um, she played Daisy Duck on Quack Pack, and I think she was an even better Daisy Duck than Tress McNeil is. Um, but obviously, don't tell Tress that. Because um, <laughs> I've been watching Quack Pack recently, and she is great as Daisy Duck. I wish she had stayed in that role. Um, she was the first voice of Lola Bunny in Space Jam. Mm-hmm. She played uh, Kanga in everything Winnie the Pooh throughout the 2000s. She's the current voice of Nibbles from Tom and Jerry. Is there anything that you know that she's done that you love that you want to mention? Uh, you you named the main one was Lola Bunny, man. She, she doesn't play Lola anymore. Uh-huh. But, she, but but she did in Space she Jam, did. right? She did in yeah. Space Jam, yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I I gotta find her, man. I gotta get in contact with her one day. You know, I'm a huge fan of Morgana, and then you know this other side project you know about, you know, I definitely want to get in contact with her. She doesn't seem too easy to get in contact with from everything I've heard. Yeah, man. She's not, she's not out there the way some of the other guys are. Mm-hmm. Like, if I want to say something to Jim, he's on Facebook. I can message, message him right now if I wanted to. Um, <laughs> Kat Sose, though, doesn't seem to have a presence on social media. Yeah. At least not that I know of. I, I couldn't find her on anything, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I, I can't find her, man. But regardless, she's great. I love her voice. And she is fantastic as Morgana, especially yeah. in this episode when she has it all together. Mm-hmm. Like she is in charge in this episode, everything under control. Um, and just Kath does a great job with this voice. Oh, I, yeah. I, I get why people love her. Yeah, I, I love her to death, dude. I love her character, man. Um, of course, everybody knows who my favorite is. We're yeah, not going to talk well, about him right now. But she she's easily my second favorite, then probably Launchpad, then Goss, and then so forth, so forth. But I right. love Morgana. But man, man we got to get back into the episode. Um, so she floats across the screen. <laughs> and Darkwing is spitting with her the second he sees her. Darkwing is in love at first sight. He can't even remember his name. <laughs> yeah, he can't even introduce himself. We're going to use their introduction at the start of this episode because it's just so funny how he just cannot introduce himself. <laughs> um, but she's into him too. You can tell oh, right yeah. away she likes him as well. Yeah, she she's not as 
obvious as he is, but she's obvious, you know? Yeah, I hate, <laughs> using, I hate using the term, but the two of them are having a meet cute, basically. <laughs> It's that's what they're doing. It's it's adorable. The two of them are so cute together, mm-hmm. and um, and yes. Yeah, so Darkwing, she knows about the pizza topping thefts. Yeah. And Darkwing's suspicious, but she has a way of you know making it pulling the wool over his eyes, pretty much. Yeah, he's suspicious because you know the late board meeting and stuff like that. He's he's kind of right. like yeah, why are y'all having a board meeting this late at night? It doesn't even make sense, you know. Right. But, yeah. So she gets ready to send him off on his way. You know, she doesn't really want him hanging around. And but she tells him, I love this bit, where she tells him she wants to see him later. They could talk about spores and slime molds. And Dark <laughs> and Darkman goes, I like that. Sort of. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> the sort of. The sort of he does is so funny. And um he leaves. Um there's a little bit though, the sound effects when he stops halfway down the sidewalk and runs back to her. The, the sound effect of him, his feet slapping against the pavement as he turns around and runs back to her, that's exactly the sound big flat web feet would make on the sidewalk. <laughs> Again, the sound effects on Darkwing Duck are just terrific. I love the use of them. Mm-hmm. And he wants to stay and protect her, but she, she tells him it's okay. He's He's got to go because Launchpad's in trouble. Yeah, he calls on the radio on the, on the rat catcher. Right. And uh, so he goes over to the rat catcher, and they basically, the other board members tell her they want him disposed of. Mm-hmm. And Lady Janice gives Morgana lipstick <laughs> to use on him if they ha- if, when she wants to dispose of him. But yeah. she said, you know, you can tell she likes him, but she says, you know, her plan is to get rid of him. But you can tell, you know. She's playing both sides. She's playing both sides, yeah. Yeah. And um, this is one of those bits where the shadows are so intense like when lady janice gives her the the lip the lipstick you can only see janice's eyes in the shadows and it's like it's so effective like i always thought that there was animation i wasn't seeing because my copy was so bad but that was the intent and i just love it Mm -hmm. so yeah launch pads in trouble he's all uh he's all webbed up he's caught in a spider web by nero nero yeah nero wants to get rid of him right away Sticking mm-hmm. his spiders on him. Yeah. So Darkwing comes to the rescue and gets webbed up too. And Nero wants to feast. He wants to eat yes. both of them. <laughs> yeah. Nero's sadistic. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. Morgana convinces him not to. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, go, go on. Oh, okay. Yeah. She convinces him not, uh, to not to feast on them and she frees them up by using her long fingernail that just popped out of nowhere. Yeah. You never really see those very often, do you? Uh-uh. <laughs> and then uh, Darkwing starts to he he doesn't shoot gas at the spiders. What did he call it again? Smog. Smog. <laughs> yeah, more great character animation here. Just the expressions on Darkwing and Launchpad, and I love Morgana taking the spider and tickling it. Mm-hmm. It's it's really good animation. Like it's subtle. Like it's really well done. Now, did um Frank Welker did he um voice the spiders because i know he does the 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 bats on you know when the bats are on certain episodes eek and squeak yeah every animal noise in this episode is that frank welker yeah everything in this episode that's not a character it's some whatever the vocal effect is it's frank the bats the spiders other things that are coming up later yeah he's also archie but archie isn't in this episode Mm -hmm. um yeah he's all over the he's all over this one 
Was Eakin squeaking this? I don't remember Eakin no, squeaking. No, no. Okay. They don't show up till the next time we see Morgana. Okay. Um, And I love the scene transition here where the bat flies out of her hair directly into the camera. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Then we get some Thunderquack action. All right. Yeah. And we get a lecture from Launchpad. Yeah. You know, I didn't mention it yet, but I love Launchpad's role in this episode. Again, there's no Goslin here. And so it gives the two of them a chance to play off each other better. And usually Darkwing's a lot more in charge. Here he's all love struck and his head's not quite in the game. Yeah. And Launchpad is really the voice of reason. He usually isn't. Yeah, he 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 he's trying to tell DW you need to get back to reality and you're not a Romeo. <laughs> yeah, coming coming from Launchpad, these are these are heavy words. Yeah, and, and then Launchpad, he's the one who spots the accident out on the street. Right. Also, can I mention when he tries to get Darkwing back to reality by driving the Thunderquack all crazy? There's some great Thunderquack animation in this one. Mm-hmm. Of it spinning around the city. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then Launchpad discovers a smashed milk truck. Yeah, and then we get the bright lights of the city again, man. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And um, you know, why would you why would you um crush milk? Because what does that have to do with pizza? But if you make it into cheese, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, and then we get a snake. A snake. Uh, Granny shows up with a snake, mm-hmm. and the snake tries to strangle them. And how do they stop the snake? I couldn't remember. Uh, no? They went up and the, they went in the building or something, right? No, they inflate it by having it bite a tire. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. With the Darwin goes, Darwin <laughs> goes, bad case of gas. <laughs> and then Gran- Granny and the snake escape into the sewer. So down they go. Yeah, and Darkwing Launchpad, uh, they follow them. Yep. A lot of sewers going on between this and Jambalaya Jake. <laughs> um, so they smell pizza, and it turns out they're um, they're growing mushrooms down there. Yeah, and he before they even jumped in the sewer though, DW uh, recognized um, yeah. Granny from uh, the Macabers. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Launchpad goes, boy, you're making all sorts of creepy friends. <laughs> and, and then, um, uh, go ahead. Go ahead Mike. Okay, this is me. I have to do this for the animation. There are artists over in Australia who are just insane. Now Nero, every other shot of this episode, he's drawn very simplistic. They don't spend much time animating him in any like elaborate way you know he's a very simply drawn character but there's just this one shot this one solitary shot where nero goes it looks he goes it looks pretty bland to me it's a close-up that's got this like really loving amount of detail that like whoever animated that went so far beyond what they had to do Mm-hmm. Like you, you know what I'm talking about. It's yeah. crazy, and this is the kind of thing that Aust- in two years' time, Australia would do all the time with these characters. These crazy detailed close-ups where you could see every tooth, every wrinkle, like every single part of there. It's like they would again animation that's too good for TV, and that was Australia in a nutshell. And like otherwise, Nero is just very simply drawn. Just this one shot. And it's been like it's fast from the first time I saw it. It fascinated me. I had to mention it. I'm sorry. No, um, yeah, because um, he says it looks pretty bland because he wants uh, what is it? Cockroach pizza? Yeah. <laughs> is that is that what the other guy says? There's no market mm-hmm. for cockroach and uh, pizza or something like that. Yeah. Finally, Darkwing makes an entrance. I think we're about 15 minutes in. He finally gets to do "I Am the Terror That Flaps in the Night." 
He and, attempted uh, it earlier, but he didn't get to finish it. Yeah, because the door slammed behind him and he wasn't prepared for it. Mm-hmm. This time it's, I am the onion that stings in your eyes. And he points but, at his eye when he says it, too. And he gets, <laughs> he gets, the reaction is not what he was expecting. They look at him, they start advancing on him, and Nero goes, oh, goody. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, Nero's hair turns into spiders, don't it? Yeah, he has spiders in his hair. Um, it grabs the gas gun, and Granny eats it and blows a smoke ring. <laughs> I'm actually surprised they were able to um, to get away with that, her eating the gun. Mm-hmm. And um, so Darkwing still thinks Morgana isn't a part of this. Yeah. He thinks he's, he's, he's so in love, man. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Darkwing, when he goes into denial, it's very hard to get him out of it. <laughs> you know he's denial is darkwing's middle name and morgana shows up turns out she is behind all of this yeah she shows up with the ghost dogs yeah it's the only time we see them again i love those ghost dogs what a great yeah. design mm-hmm. and um darkwing and launchpad get tied up and this is like launchpad's finest moment like darkwing is all depressed and launchpad's totally rubbing it in <laughs> like the, the, the bit I said at the beginning, you know, sorry about your girlfriend being a uh, a fiendish blood sucking creature from the netherworld. Yeah. Like that's such a great line from Terry. He's totally rubbing it in. And even if you watch Launchpad as Darkwing's like, I can get her to see the light. You see Launchpad, he has this look on his face, like yeah, 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 denial. <laughs> yeah, he he's in still denial. He feels he can change her. Yeah, and you know, Launchpad knows better. It's rare that Launchpad knows better than Darkwing. Yeah, it's a, this is one of this is one of the better Launchpad episodes. I'll give it that. Yeah, but then Morgana goes up to DW with the with the lipstick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also love Morgana's line. Um, what did she say? Uh, she's an evil businesswoman. Mm-hmm. No, she's she's not an evil person, but an evil businesswoman. Yes, I, <laughs> I love it. What a great line. And um, yeah, she kisses Darkwing with the lipstick and turns him into a zombie. Yeah, and um. Oh, Terry has some such great line reads here. Just the way when she says you don't have to get rid of him, just his friend, and the way Launchpad goes, what? <laughs> like, oh, Terry just hit, and the drawings of Launchpad here. Like Terry is like he he's just sending these lines home. And um, it turns out those those mushrooms are actually carnivorous. Yeah, they because, he called them fungus, didn't he? Yeah, what they're doing is taking all these uh, ingredients and they're making um. They're making uh, pizza-flavored mushrooms because they want to corner the pizza market. But the side effect is that these pizzas are carnivorous. Mm-hmm. And they also have um, Frank's doing these creatures, too. Oh, my God. Frank is all over the place. Yeah, he's man. all over this episode. <laughs> he really is. Um, but it turns out, you know, um, Morgana was playing everybody. Darkwing uh, tosses Launchpad into the bad guys. And just Launchpad's chuckle. He's like, that's using my head. Yeah. I love it. Terry's great in this one. Yeah. Um, and this is so what yeah, DW admits she changed the lipstick. She swapped them. Yeah, she didn't. She wanted him to stay for her. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, they they get away, and the uh, the bad guys send the pizza monsters after them. Yeah, and then Darkwing comes up with an idea. Yep. Launchpad has to run to the kitchen get some butter, and her and uh, him and uh, Morgana go outside, and he counted on there to be lightning. Yeah. He was expecting so great callback from the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. and yeah, she yeah. makes lightning. She makes it happen because she can <laughs> do that. And um, so Darkwing climbs up to the top of the top of the uh, mansion. The uh, the pizza, excuse me, the pizza monsters follow him. 
Launchpad shows up with the butter, and Launchpad has, I think, the, one of my favorite lines in the episode. He goes, <laughs> have you seen this place? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I bet the adventures of Launchpad trying to find that butter could make an entire episode on its own. I know, right? Um, he, he thought the butter was going to melt the mushrooms, though, didn't he? No, he wants them to slip off the building. Yeah, yeah, slip off the building. That's right. But you know, the intent is to saute them because Darkwing throws – um, what does he tie around the, the string? He ties something around – It was like a hook or something. Yeah, and it gets hit by lightning. Darkwing gets electrocuted because, of course, he does. And all the uh, the monsters get sautéed. Yeah, we get that Benjamin Franklin uh, trick. <laughs> right, yeah. So all the uh, the pizza monsters are cooked. Yeah, and then the macabres yeah. are outside again. Yeah, they're mad. But before they can do something, the sun turn sun comes up and they turn into mushrooms. Yep. They were mushrooms the whole time. And then DW wants to turn Morgana into the police. Well, she's still a villain. Yeah. Regardless of regardless of what we know about her now, you know, she's still a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, she doesn't want to go with him. You know, he 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 pleads with her, you know, to not make it hard to just, you know, come with him. But she's not in. And you know what? The the ending has a bit of an emotional kick to it. I'll give it that. Uh-huh. Like it's one of those rare occurrences where you kind of feel for a Darkwing. You know, you feel bad for him, but she mm-hmm. is a villain. And she says goodbye, and she disappears. Her and the uh, the whole house is gone. Yeah. And launch. And he for the first time she calls him Dark, and he calls her Morg. <laughs> and they go back to that. Those are their pet names. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the pet name. <laughs> I mean, eventually she's gonna start calling him Honey Wumpus, but um, <laughs> for now it's Dark and Morg, which is really, which is cute. Yeah. And, launch, and Launchpad gets the last line. Yep. What was it, Mike? Women. Now you see them. Now you don't. And again, <laughs> how do we end? We get a bat flying right into the camera, mm-hmm. going to black. It's a great it's, episode, Mike. It's a great ending, great episode, and just the perfect way to introduce this new character. All right, it's, Mike. It's a really strong one, I'll tell you that. And right. um, you know what's what's great? I mean, at least for me, because I watch these things as they aired, I, I'm i so happy it at least got to air before she showed up in Justice Ducks. Because mm-hmm. anybody who wasn't watching the ABC episodes, who was just watching this on the Disney afternoon, she shows up in Justice Ducks with no explanation of who she is or why she's dating Darkwing. That had to be like a complete mind screw for anybody watching the show on the Disney afternoon. You're talking about me, man. <laughs> well, do you remember how you felt when you first saw it? I, I had no idea who she was, man. I was like, who and, is this Morgana? And the, worst, <laughs> and the worst part, there should have been one more episode that aired between this one and Justice Ducks. And mm-hmm. that didn't air until afterwards anyway. Yeah. So while we were lucky we got Morgana early on before Justice Ducks, they still screwed her up. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, she's supposed to come back in Ghoul of My Dreams. But because they save that one until Halloween, we don't get that bridge between her being a bad guy and a good guy. Yeah. But, you know, considering what happened to Liquidator, Stegmut, Negaduck and Neptunia, Morgana got off easy. Yeah. <laughs> easy. She really did. <laughs> you know, I wonder how when this would have aired if ABC didn't get a hold of it and aired it now. When it would have aired on the Disney afternoon, would they have aired it when it should have, or would they have waited on it? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Great episode. I think it was great. It aired right now when it did. And um, let's go ahead and rate it. Let's All right, rate man. it. 
Yeah, all right, you, Mike. Let let you go first. Let's go with your gas gun canister because I'm kind of biased on this one, so I, I, I'd like to hear your opinion first. I I don't think it's the absolute best of the best because mm-hmm. the ones that are the best do kind of go above it. But I'm just gonna be really, really, really generous and give it a four and a half. Okay. I can't quite give it a five. It's not in my top five. I can't it's, give it a five, but it's wow. so close. Is it your top? Is it at least in your top ten? I'll put it in my top 10. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll live with that. All right. With me, I'm giving it a five, Mike. It's it's up there for awesome. me, man. Well, I you like Morgana a little bit more than I do. I love Morgana, dude. Um, I don't want to talk about her yet. I'm saving that for, you know, our next portion of the scores. But with the right. animation, the flow, you got all the macabres in this. You know, Launchpad is so under the radar in this episode, you know? He's like and, the MVP of this episode. Yeah, and you, you you kept bringing him up without me having to. You, right. you know, I was like, yes, Mike is on top of it. I wanted to talk about LP on this you, one. You can't take him out of this episode. There are so you many can't. episodes where you could take Launchpad out and it doesn't change the flow of it. Mm-hmm. You need him in this one. Like, he works alongside Darkwing perfectly in this. Like, this is a sidekick role he was put into the show for, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I can't um, picture Goslin being in this one. I think she would have taken away from it. I, I know it's hard to compare animation with Naked Duck in this one because the it's, the, the it's so different the plot. But I think with my preference, I gotta go with this one over Naked Duck. And I I, I will respect your opinion on Naked Duck 100. Uh, you know, opinions are subjective. You know what I'm saying? I I don't understand why people get in debates and arguments over people's opinion, but. I really love the animation from the get-go when, when the, the ghost dogs show up, from the, the lighting, the shadows, the vibrant colors, the drawings. It's just amazing, man. So I, yeah. I, I got to give this episode a five, man, for me. You know, which studio I prefer, Japan or Australia, does depend on my mood. Like right now, I'm, I'm really – right now, I'm high on Australia. But mm-hmm. um, I, also, I also can't take away from Negaduck. Um, but I see, but I see why you prefer this one. I totally get it. Okay. All right. Now, Mike, what's your, um, which, what are you going to, how many gas gun canisters are you going to give Morgana? Morgana. Um, Morgana is really interesting. I have a, I have an interesting relationship with this character. Okay. Um, because I think she's fantastic in this one. Like this might be my favorite episode that she's in because like I said, she's in control. Mm-hmm. She's not that I'm not that this is a not to sound weird. She's a lot more sensual in this one than later episodes. Like she's a lot. She's played off as a much more like bombshell kind of a character, you know, mm-hmm. and she's in charge. She knows what's going on. Like she's what I'm basically leading to is the fact that if you've ever seen the writer's Bible for Darkwing Duck, like like the actual all all the the Bible they create telling the writers how to treat the characters, mm-hmm. Mor- it says in Morgana's bio, do not write Morgana in future episodes the way she was written in Fungus Among Us. <laughs> Believe it or not, because you see right away in later episodes she becomes a little bit more ditzy, a little bit less able to come to decisions about things. She's not always good with her magic, as we mm-hmm. will see very soon. She keeps having these – she keeps her temper. She has a hard time keeping her temper in check. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she's a stronger character here. I feel like she gets a little bit weaker in later episodes. 
especially ones that focus on her exclusively. So I feel like, again, it's I wouldn't say love-hate, mm-hmm. but I feel like she brings a lot to the table, but at the same time, I wouldn't want to see her in more episodes because then she changes the dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when they put her in the comic book series, they had to write her out because they didn't know what else to do with her. You know, and I feel like if she was used more in the show, they wouldn't know what to do with her. Okay. And like, and I don't love every episode she was in. I'll be totally honest. A few of my lesser favorites are ones with Morgana in them. Hmm. And, but I, but I think she's still a great character. Like, okay. like I, I love how she plays off of Darkwing. Okay. The design is great. I love Kat Sose's vocal work with her. So I'll I'll give her a four because okay. she she is an well, important not bad character. At all. She, she is an important character. I know she's a big fan favorite. I can't picture the show without her. I just don't I love thought, every episode. Don't I thought, unlike, I thought you were like gonna Mega, give her I thought you were gonna give her a bad score and that's why no, you were kind of no, no, like no, no, trying no. to vouching for it. You know, like you were giving you a reason why, but it, you gave her a great score, man. Yeah, it's it not bad. She, but, I mean, she could be higher if I think she was a little bit better written in later episodes. That's all. Okay. Okay. That's really it. Because there's so many later episodes where Darkwing's just a big jerk, and he's putting his foot in his mouth. He's saying really hurtful things to her. Mm-hmm. And it's like her – and I feel like their relationship after a certain point in some episodes starts to get toxic. Yeah. And that's when I get kind of rubbed – like those later ABC episodes in that second season – when she's being treated unfairly by him. Okay. And that's where I get rubbed the wrong way. Like, I would prefer her to be like, she is in this episode, a lot more in control. Now, a, but a while back... But it a, is what it is. A while back, I put up a poll if you preferred her as a villain or a good guy. And it seemed like villain won pretty easily. Do you have a preference or you're like, eh, don't matter, you just like her? You're I, in the middle? I like her, but I, I think she made a great villain... And in the next episode they wrote with her, Ghoul of My Dreams, I love the idea that she's only turning the crime to pay off her student loans. <laughs> and I think that's a really funny angle with her. Mm-hmm. But I think she was always destined to become a hero. Yeah. Or, you know, Darkwing's girlfriend. I think she was destined to become that anyway. She wasn't going to be a long-term villain regardless. Mm-hmm. So it is it is what it is. I like her. You know? Okay. All right. For me... I, I love Morgana. Uh, I was a big fan of the old school Universal Monster films. So, you know, she has that uh, Bride of Frankenstein look to her. You know, the hair. Um, she's definitely, uh, she's definitely you know, got Morticia Adams in there, too. Yeah, she definitely has Morticia Adams. And one thing I noticed that she has in common with Morticia Adams also is uh, they never show their feet. What's up with that, you know? <laughs> At no point ever do you ever see her legs and feet. Never, she, man. She floats. <laughs> Yeah, she flows, man. And she kind of comes off to me like a like like a horror movie queen or something, you know, like she has that oh, appeal to her. Like she's, she's scary, to- but she's gorgeous, you know? She's totally retro. Like she is clearly based on the female horror hosts guys like Tad or Dev Russ grew up watching on Saturday mornings. Definitely. Yeah. And then, she, you know, she she definitely has a little bit of Elvira in her too. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, and then she kind of has that you where you can't really put your hands on it. Is she a witch? Is she a sorcerer? You know, you're like, uh, I don't know. She's kind of both, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I've always loved that about her. Now, unfortunately, in this episode, we don't get Eek, Squeak, and Archie, you know, but no. 
I love them when they're teamed yeah. up with her, you know? We'll and see them you, soon enough. Yeah, and then, you know, with Ghoul of My Dreams, I love her in that episode. I love her in Hot Spells. I love her in My Valentine Ghoul. Oh, I, I love My Valentine Ghoul. Yeah. I, I, I think that might slightly edge this one out as my favorite Morgana episode because it's got Negaduck in it. <laughs> mainly. <laughs> mainly. You um, know, and then I, I, I love that she, she plays right in the middle. You already hit, hit on Kath, how she's amazing as her voice. And her voice is outstanding as Morgana. You know, like, mm-hmm. I can't even I can't even picture nobody else as Morgana. I can't. No. You know, so it, it's hard. And I'm sure if they do reboot DuckTales, somebody will uh, redo her voice. So it, it'll be hard for me to accept that first. You know, kind of like Jim Cummings, not Darkwing anymore. It, it hurts, but... Who knows? You know, it's possible if they reboot Darkwing, they might mm-hmm. start from scratch. Mm-hmm. Duck, what they've done with DuckTales might not apply. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll be directly inspired by DuckTales. Yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of hoping it's not only because it would be nice if they got Terry back. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Kath can come back as... But I'm I'm expecting it to be spinning off from DuckTales specifically. Okay. So it's, it yeah. is what it is. And it's funny how probably the most surprising piece of Darkwing merchandise this year was a pin featuring Morgana, Archie, Eek, and Squeak. Yep. On, on, like, at the, it was for Halloween, wasn't it? At, yes. Uh, and it, Disneyland and only. Disneyland only. And the drawing they chose was directly from an episode. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't a piece of like new art. I think it's from, I think it's from Ghoul of My Dreams. They took it a specific still of Morgana and they copied it right onto the pin and to see her get that kind of love mm-hmm. like how much Morgana merchandise has there been now I have the Morgana Funko meaning you know the mystery meaning I don't have that if any of our listeners have a spare one they either want to sell me or trade for me or just give me you know knock on wood please 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 someone get in touch with me because I really need that Morgana I think hers is kind of hard to get. It was kind of expensive. Uh, I think hers was a Toys R Us exclusive, I think. No, she was just super short packed. Okay, so she's just kind of rare. She's probably 1 in 32 or something. 1 in 72. Whoa, I didn't know that. I'm lowering my chances of somebody being generous by saying how rare she was. But I think (laughs) her and I think Monterey Jack or Gadget were the two short packed ones. Okay. No, um, Negaduck. Too. I think Negaduck and Negatron were the Toys R Us exclusive ones. Okay, I got those also. I'm, I think I'm only missing a few of the Disney Afternoon ones. I'm missing like more, uh, not Morgana. Um, Magic of the Spell. I didn't uh, get her either. Yeah, I'm missing I, her. I couldn't really afford to just keep buying these blind box things until I got the right one. Honestly. I, I got them, most of them at a convention. I went to a convention and the the guy was selling them all for three dollars. Were they and open? I, or just for the yeah, club? no, they were open. He already had them open. He was like, "These are all doubles." So I, I grabbed like about nine of them. That's how I got started on the. Meet. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I still need Morgana and Negaduck. If you ever come across loose ones, anybody else listening could help me out. Okay. Um, oh, but you, my, can't, you can't find these in stores anymore. So yeah, but my Gatskin canister score for her was a five, by the way. All right, there we I, go. I love her, yeah. A okay. lot of Morgana talk tonight, but it's important. She's a really important character. Mm-hmm. All right, you know? so Mike, that's uh, Fungus Among Us. Uh, yeah. What episode do we have next? Okay, we're back to the fourth week of Disney Afternoon Shows. This is going to be a pretty busy week. we got some big ones coming up. We're starting kind of um, low-key, though, with an episode called You Sweat Your Life. Um, a big episode for Herb Muddlefoot, though. 
Okay. And um, we are also, uh, we got something special in store for you guys in this episode. Will, you want to tell us what we've got? Yeah, we got a short interview with uh, Terry McGovern, Launchpad. All right. Yep. And um, you guys probably heard him at the start of this episode. We got him to record an intro for us. Yep. And um, he was generous enough to give Will an interview. So yep. we'll be starting off You Sweat Your Life with a short interview with Launchpad McQuack himself. All right, Terry. <laughs> yeah, so join us next week for that one. Mm-hmm. We and got then... Quacker Jack and the Justice Ducks coming up soon. Woohoo! Quacker! I've always found Justice Ducks to be the milestone. Once we hit that one, we got it made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, again, just, well, go ahead, Will. I was just going to say, just to give our listeners a heads up, um, when we get to that Quacker Jack episode, Mike will be fired. Uh, he would no longer be needed because we don't need him talking bad about Quacker Jack or knocking his scores down. So, yeah, Mike won't be here no more. Why do you even <laughs> think it's going to happen? Why do you even think I'm going to talk bad about Quacker Jack? Hey, uh, hey. Just because I like Megavolt more. (laughs) No, but but anyway, um, yeah, so we got some good stuff coming up. All right, let me give my shout-out, man. I I noticed a couple people recognize their names getting dropped, man, so that's kind of cool. I've noticed that, too. And we've got more people um, leaving visitor posts on our Facebook group. Yeah, man. I wish you guys could get a little more active. I would really appreciate you guys. Uh, I notice I do appreciate the likes, but sometimes I want to engage in conversations with you guys on this stuff, man. You know, so if y'all can just take two minutes out of your time and leave a comment so we can get back to you guys, man. Right. Yeah. You know, but uh, let me get to my shout out. Uh, my shout out this week is to Diego Ortiz. And the reason why I'm picking him, he's all over our Facebook page and IG page. He's been right. Yeah, he's been all over IG as well, so he's double dipping, you know? Yeah, so shout out to Diego, man. Appreciate the love, man. Cool. All right, so Mike, yeah, that's Fungus Among Us. Uh, we've been going on for a while. And <laughs> I guess let's let's go ahead and wrap this one up and just tell everybody to stay dangerous, man. Yeah, we didn't even mention where to find us yet, though. Oh. You know, if, if, if you know, by chance this is the first time you're listening to us, <laughs> um, so yeah, we're on Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Apple devices, Google play, pocket cast, radio public, and YouTube. Um, so you can listen to us in a whole ton of places. So please, if you're able to subscribe, you can subscribe to the YouTube page, uh, like us on iTunes, for example, leave us a review. Um, it really helps, especially on YouTube. You know, if you mm-hmm. subscribe and like the YouTube page, it the the YouTube algorithm works really weird. If you if you the more you like us, the more you subscribe, the more we can get out there, mm-hmm. and that's really important too. Yeah. So please, guys, do what you can to get involved and just to spread the word. You know, if there are websites you got Facebook groups or websites you guys are on that we don't know of, mention us, plug us, go for it, please. We could, yeah, we could definitely use more more listeners. We could never fact, say there are more listeners. Matter of fact, if you know one person who just even moderately likes Darkwing, send him an invite. Send him an invite to our Facebook page, IG page, or to subscribe to our YouTube channel or something. Like, just one person. So if we can get all y'all just to invite just one person, that helps a lot. Our channel will grow so much, and we can get more. We're, we're doing our best. We're getting... Uh, exclusive interviews with you guys we're getting promos drops from these guys and it's very appreciated but like the more we get from you guys the more we can show them like hey we're getting this they want y'all you know yeah and before we go i um shout out one last time a friend of the show and a friend of mine personally a co-worker of mine i mentioned before his name is james 
Um, remember back when we did Negaduck and we talked about the line, never eat at a place called Mom's, and we wondered what that was about? Mm-hmm. He actually knew what that was from. That's a reference to something. Oh, is it? Now, he messaged me a few days ago, my friend James, mm-hmm. and the quote he quoted, never play cards with a man called Doc, never eat at a place called Mom's, never sleep with a woman whose troubles are worse than your own. And he writes, that's the famous quote, the three rules of life from the 1956 novel, A Walk on the Wild Side by Nelson Algren. He says, mm. I recognize the line, never eat at a place called Mom's from a Robert Heinlein novel I read as a teen, but this is the origin. So oh, okay. they, I never in a million years would have known what that was from. Me so, <laughs> so thank you, James, for enlightening me. And um, I'll see you at work. <laughs> <laughs> And um, so, yeah, that's it, Will. I think we're done. All right. Well, Mike, it was good to do this with you again, man. It's been a while, man, and it was yeah. fun. A great well, episode we, to start um, and get back into it with. <laughs> hopefully the Christmas holidays won't slow us down too much, but we'll see what happens. All but right. um, for the rest of you guys, happy new year. Enjoy 2020. Hopefully good, darkwing things are coming. Mm-hmm. And we'll right. be on top of it when they happen. So beware yeah. of ghost dogs and killer pizzas, and uh, everyone have a good night. All right. Stay dangerous, y'all. <laughs>